welcome to the Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Edward Russell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jay Shabat, to discuss the latest in Lufthansa's takeover of Italy's ITA Airways and the Istanbul Airport's rapid growth. Please enjoy. Hey, Jay, how are you doing this week? I'm fine, Ed. We missed you these past couple of weeks. Good to have you back. It is good to be back. Had had a bit of a break uh, for a few weeks, but uh, back in the world of airlines, it's it's not been a quiet time as far as I can tell. From you at a J.P. Morgan conference, some you know India made some some announcements in aviation news. It's it's been a busy time. When is it ever quiet in the airline industry? <laughs> Although I will say, at least uh, earnings uh, season has sort of tapered off now. So although we'll be another, we'll get we'll get Q1 season gets started pretty soon. So. That's the thing with the end of the fiscal end of the calendar year and then uh, the beginning of Q1 is calendar year earnings sort of drag on from January, February, March, and, and you don't get much of a break, whereas quarterly earnings tend to all go in a very short period. I, I'm not sure which I like better. It's <laughs> I like the break, but then it's also tough when you've got, you know, 12, 15 airlines reporting in one week. Right, right. You get that real intense, uh, those intense couple of weeks at the beginning of the quarter. But uh, yep. It's uh, in any case, we're uh, we're already uh, well, we're recording this on Wednesday, so uh, we're not quite in April yet. But by the time some of you will be listening to this, it'll already be uh, the second quarter. Absolutely. So first up, you know, we're going to talk about one topic that's pertinent to the end of the week is Lufthansa's bid to take over ITA Airways. Now, they have a March 30th deadline, I believe, uh, or March 31st deadline to uh, April, reach a deal. Right. Oh, April 30th. Okay. So not quite as uh, imminent as I, as I thought, but a nearing deadline to, to reach a deal with the Italian government to take over ITA Airways. And uh, Lufthansa's group CEO, Carson Spohr, was making some comments in Brussels on Wednesday about, you know, wanting a, a valuation to that reflects the, the losses that ITA racked up last year. Yeah, and just some background. So ITA Airways is uh, Italy's national airline. It's fully uh, government control, and I won't bore everybody with the, you know, the all the history there. But uh, it's essentially Alitalia and uh, you know, in <laughs> reincarnated. Uh, the Alitalia uh, on multiple occasions was you know put into bankruptcy, and they at one point got Air France to invest, Air France KLM. At one point, they got Etihad to invest, and nothing ever worked. And then COVID came around, and it just uh, it, it turned out that they um, they had to, to bury Alitalia, but they still wanted to keep something alive. So they created this ITA thing. It launched last fall. And uh, 2021, fall 2021. Oh, 2021, yes, yeah. thank you. Yep, okay. So fall 2021, so it's uh, more than a year old now. And it uh, yesterday uh, reported its uh, losses. It's not a public company, so we don't get full details. But I don't think you really need to know more than this. It lost <laughs> uh, roughly a half a billion dollars in 2022. Uh, the loss margin on that was something like negative uh, 31%, I think it is. And Yikes. Yeah, Yikes. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and, and I don't think that surprises anyone. I don't know. I, um, I don't know about you, Ned, but I've never run into anyone that uh, that said to me, oh, this ITA thing is going to be a real smash hit. I uh, don't think that um, there was any kind of doubt that this thing was going to lose money. Now, what they hoped, and uh, the hope is still alive here, is that someone would come in 
and take another chance on this. And as you mentioned, Ed, Lufthansa has a preliminary deal to buy part of the airline and ultimately, you know, take an option to buy the whole thing. And There's that's some- and just to so our readers, our listeners know, it's uh, the initial stake is 40% in ITA with an option to take full control of the airline at a later, st- later date. Yeah. And you might ask, uh, why would anyone want to touch this thing? And it's a fair question. I mean, after all, Air France got burned by it. Etihad got burned by it. And uh, there have been Italian companies as well who tried to step in and, and do something with it. And uh, nothing ever works. And in Lufthansa's mind, uh, the reason why it remains interested is that it does have, you know, ITA does have a va- uh, some valuable long haul traffic. And the calculation here is, for Lufthansa, is that if we can pump some of this, you know, rather high yield uh, business and even leisure traffic from Italy through our hubs like Zurich and Frankfurt and Munich, rather than through Paris, Amsterdam, which is kind of where it's traditionally gone over the years, uh, that might make make it worthwhile. So even if ITA, you know, gets hammered on some of these short haul routes competing against the Ryanairs of the world, that may be okay because it may add to our bottom line, especially if we can get a really, really discounted price. And especially if we can, you know, perhaps you can imagine what the negotiations with the government sound like. There's probably talk about, uh, you know, it's uh, certain labor uh, conditions and, uh, you know, whatnot. So that is the calculation. There's definitely risk, though. I mean, you, uh, you know, you're buying and you're buying a company that just lost a half, <laughs> half a billion dollars. Um, In a year that we should remind our listeners was record revenues for almost every airline out there. Not point. everyone made a profit, but most airlines act out some, you know, small profit. You know, it, it was a better year than I think many expected. Good point. Right. If you, uh, you know, and again, we don't have the details. We don't know, you know, theoretically, they could have lost most of that money in the first quarter when things were legitimately bad. Um, And then, you know, maybe they did great in the third or fourth quarter, but I doubt it. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think this is just, yeah. It's it's, it's funny to me, like how how Italy keeps struggling with this, because the whole concept of creating ITA was to strip out all the bad parts of Alitalia and just leave the good parts. And yet they seem to been unable to do that yeah. <laughs> you know not, I, I haven't had anyone tell me oh ita is a great idea either <laughs> but it's like how hard is that to do i mean clearly it is but it it seems like a basic uh a, a simple you know effort ned i recall you asking me uh, earlier in the year um jay how do you how do, i want to really invest in ita how do i do that i uh no i'm just kidding though it's, I, I haven't heard anybody. What, uh, is there a better way to burn <laughs> up a billion dollars or so? I don't, yeah, there might be it might be a, uh, a fun way to do it. You can, oh, fun, uh, maybe, yes, yeah. Yeah, maybe get some uh, discounted seats. And I'll tell you if you're a part owner or something, but or an ITA, excuse me. I, I should use the the, uh, the most current uh, uh, nomenclature there. But in any case, uh, being more serious, Lufthansa does have a, uh, you know, a legitimate interest um and you can see why it's it's not uh it's not crazy to see that perhaps they can get it to work um but there but there's definitely risk involved and they're going to have to negotiate you know a very very good price in order for it to make make it work and it sounds like you know they they've been interested for years now and i don't think the government you know has uh even, even this is going back to when alitalia still existed i don't think the government was ever really 
willing to go as low as Lufthansa wanted. Um, I know for a while, you know, Air France and even Delta were involved, were expressed interest in, in ITA saying, okay, we, you know, all else being equal, we'd like to, you know, keep this Italian airline within the confines of Sky Team and have that traffic still get pumped through Paris and Amsterdam. But ultimately, you know, they walked away and and it's, you know, Lufthansa's asset to have if they want it. Yeah. And Air France, KLM, you know, they've turned their attention to, to Tap Air Portugal, which I've, I've read as somewhat better books than ITA does. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it, the Italian government doesn't seem like they have many options on the table, you know, whether they think they can sit out and, and wait for a better deal in the future. It remains to be seen. It, you know, it's a government. They have different motivations and a pure business deal. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, you've written in the past, Jay, that Lufthansa has a checkered history of its acquisitions. They haven't always turned out the profit uh, centers that the airline, that the group has hoped for. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with ITA. But, you know, as a network guy, I am very curious to see how the networks evolve if the deal goes through, how they shift ITAs flying to, to feed their hubs in Frankfurt and Munich, Zurich, Vienna, or and uh, you know what they keep in Rome. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that can get complicated. And I'll just say a quick word about TEP uh, Air Portugal. Uh, you, you, you mentioned them and uh, they actually had a very good year last year. Uh, and part of that was because Portugal, um, being a very leisure heavy destination, kind of benefited from a lot of the trends that uh, have, uh, you know, been been sort of in vogue in, in 2022. Leisure destinations have done better than business destinations in general. Um, now, Italy, you would think, would fit that bill as well. And it frankly probably does. I mean, in terms of tourism, Italy probably had a rather good year in 2022, especially, you know, in the summer. And the only issue is, is that it wasn't ITA benefiting from it. It was the Ryanair's and the EasyJets of the world. Um, but uh, that's, you know, you, you can see how Tap Air Portugal, um, you know, they, they had a good year. And there's Lufthansa probably looks at that and said, you know, we can we can have ITA, you know, we, we can we can see the same scenario at ITA. Absolutely. Well, that's mm -hmm. something that we're going to continue to watch and continue to cover here on the Airline Weekly Lounge. For now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to head down to the Bosphorus. And we're back. So another interesting growth story in Europe, well, an interesting growth story in Europe, is what's happening in Istanbul. You know, Jay, you and I have talked previously about the success of Turkish Airlines, uh, Pegasus, which doesn't actually serve the main Istanbul airport, is one of the most profitable airlines in the world. But, you know, something going on at the Istanbul airport right now is they're seeing a surge in flights by new airlines for the market. According to DO data in 2022 and so far in 2023, 15 New era, 15 airlines have announced new service to Istanbul, and these are 15 airlines that did not serve the airport or the city prior to the COVID crisis. Uh, among them are Wizz Air, Air Baltic, EasyJet, Fly a Deal, it's, and the list goes on. So it's it's a fascinating story going on there. Yeah, and, and Istanbul right now, and you know Turkey in general, if you include some of the uh, the big leisure destinations like Antalya, that is the. Uh, I don't know what's what's the word for it, but that is that is center stage in the airline industry right now. That is a very very hot market, you know, almost in the same way that maybe Dubai was ten years ago. 
um, or and and that's not to say that Dubai isn't you know still an exciting market and all that. There's a lot certainly going on in that in the Gulf region with Saudi Arabia, but there's just been a lot a lot of action in Istanbul in particular with uh, Turkish Airlines just expanding like crazy and doing so uh, very profitably. And then as you mentioned, Pegasus doing exactly the same thing. Uh, most of it over at Istanbul's uh, other airport over on the Asian side, uh, the secondary airport. Um, so just a lot, a lot of action. Um, it's not an, a, a market that gets a ton of attention from foreign long haul carriers. So it's not like, you know, the U.S. carriers are rushing in or, you know, you don't see... Uh, um, a whole lot of Asian carriers rushing in. It's more, you know, when you talk about foreign airlines, it's more the uh, sort of the short haul, as you mentioned. I think you mentioned EasyJet and Wizzair and a few others. They're definitely active in the market. Uh, but the sort of the central players in this uh, in this movie here are the the Turkish carriers themselves. Um, it's just it's just breathtaking. Like their their expansion is just crazy. Oh, yeah. So here's some numbers for you. In the second quarter of this year, seats at the at the Istanbul airport, this is not including the secondary one, but the main airport will be up 19% compared to the second quarter of 2019. And Turkish Airlines, the largest airline at the airport by far, is going to be up 20% in terms of seats. So significant growth at Turkish and across the airport as a whole, because a lot of other, I'm looking at DO data here, and a lot of other airlines are also up by double digits or more. So it's it's really impressive. But you make a good point. You know, it's, it's funny, because I think of Dubai and Istanbul, and I compare them in my head. And, you know, Dubai, while it doesn't have a very large local market, it does have things like a major financial center for the Middle East and other things that are drawing in foreign carriers. It's it's a major point to connect around that region. Whereas Istanbul, as big of a city as it is, and according to the airport, they have a 20 million person catchment area, uh, which is huge. But, you know, Istanbul is arguably a regional market in Europe. It's not a large financial center. It's, you know, People go to Istanbul to go to Turkey, not necessarily to conduct business in the greater European market. Mm -hmm. um, correct me if, if I'm wrong, Jay, but you know, no, I think that's, yeah. that's all correct. Mm -hmm. And that's so when I'm, I was talking to the airport, and you know, one thing that they really said is is they're targeting these these low cost point to point airlines that I mentioned, really to bring in visitors to Istanbul. And that really fits with what they can do because it's an extremely historic city. Istanbul used to be Constantinople. It's been, you know, it was the capital of the Roman Empire for a period. It's, it's thousands of years of history. So they're targeting bringing in these, these airlines that probably cater largely to visitors. And it, you're not seeing, like you said, a lot of the action from the large global network airlines, whether in North America or in Asia, to, to go there, at least not yet. Right, right. It just amazes me. I mean, if you said even uh, it's 20 years ago, man, probably even 10 years ago, if you said that, uh, you know, in 2023, Turkish Airlines was going to be flying nonstop from Istanbul to uh, where are they? I mean, Panama City. I mean, you fill in the blank. Mexico City, uh, Seattle. Are they doing that one yet? Um, I think they Seattle is one of the ones they, they want to launch, but I think they said that aircraft delivery delays have postponed that for the time being. Okay. I mean, even just to have that in the conversation is just, wow, <laughs> that you would never have imagined that, but you can see the power of this Istanbul hub. You know, they probably just, 
uh, you know, they, they don't need anybody who's really going just from Seattle to Istanbul because they just need people from going, you know, they need enough people to fill a plane each day or however many times they fly it a week that are going from Seattle to a million other places. You know, they might be going from Seattle to Africa or Seattle to, uh, you know, somewhere in Central Asia or it is. So it's that, that that's kind of te- Istanbul is a uh, kind of a um, a poster child for the power of a you know a big hub. Absolutely, uh, it's, it's a, yeah, and and that's something that the the airport CEO uh, Kadri Samsunlu and apologies if I've butchered that name, you know, said is they fully support Turkish Airlines continuing to expand their connecting hub there. You know, the airport's focus is is primarily on attracting, you know, these point-to-point airlines that can bring people to Istanbul rather than compete with Turkish. So it's interesting to see how they sort of have two strategies there. And, you know, to your comments, Jay, he specifically mentioned airlines in East Asia, um, Australia, and North America as targets for future growth in the coming years. So it'll be interesting to see what they achieve there. And that's been one, you mentioned Australia, New Zealand, that's one area that the Gulf carriers have been able to serve and Istanbul and uh, Turkish Airlines have not up to this point. And that's well, starting it's, to it's just, a, it's just a couple more hours further, which makes those extremely long flights just so much longer. Exactly. And sort of the advent of new aircraft technology with longer range uh, is makes that increasingly possible. You know, it's, uh, you're seeing more of these, I mean, from Australia's a great example of a market that is uh, where a lot of new opportunities route network opportunities are opening up as planes uh, get delivered with longer distance capabilities. And the, you know, the example of that uh, would be Qantas starting Perth nonstops to London a couple of years before the pandemic. And now they're, they've got their eyes on doing London and even New York nonstop from East Coast, Australia, Sydney, Melbourne, uh, and they'll be able to do that probably 2025 when these new A350s that, you know, with ultra long range capabilities emerge. So for Istanbul, you're sitting in the center of the world and we're getting to the point where, you know, existing aircraft technology can take you pretty much anywhere. <laughs> so it's uh, Australia, you would, you know, that that you can be sure that's coming. Um, and then absolutely, and that's of, probably I, I would argue that's going to be a Turkish Airlines route before it's going to be a Qantas route. Oh, hundred so, percent. Yeah, 100%. you know, Turkish will be able to yeah. capitalize on connecting those travelers into many secondary points in Europe, whereas you know Qantas was going to have the tech, the planes, and the technology to fly to say Paris or London, like London nonstop to Sydney. You know, I, but Turkish is going to have that connectivity over the hub that that will come eventually. Definitely. And you can see that route making money because, uh, you know, Turkish Airlines has a pretty low cost base, relatively a labor, labor cost, for example. And they, uh, you know, there's going to be all that demand coming coming to and from Australia, from all these different places. I mean, if you want to go from Sydney to somewhere in North or East Africa, that's, you know, Turkish Airlines is your ride. If you want to go from Istanbul to Central Asia or points within the Middle East or points, well, Middle East backtracking a little bit, but um, you know, anywhere in Eastern Europe or even Western Europe, there's uh, just so many ways to fill that plane. Absolutely. So it's, so it's going to be yes. interesting to see what more comes from Istanbul as the year progresses. You know, we we mentioned a number of the airlines they've already landed in the last uh, two years. It sounds like more are coming. 
Interestingly, the, the airport CEO said that they don't offer incentives to, to carriers. They just have a low cost base, which sort of differs from many of the other airports that have, I, I know are trying to attract their airlines. But, uh, you know, it seems to be working for them at this point with the numbers that are coming in. So Yeah, and I think that one other issue they've had in the past is um, particularly with the low, attracting low-cost carriers. I don't believe that uh, the European Union has an open skies agreement with Turkey, and I haven't looked at that recently. So, you know, someone, one of our listeners can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but um, it's not an unlimited capacity type, type thing. So um, that in the past has, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, and then, I, and I think you mentioned to me earlier uh, in the day, Ned, that uh, in the past, before 2019, I guess it was, the old Istanbul airport, the main one, was just heavily congested. Right. So that posed another Ataturk airport. So that posed another challenge for, uh, you know, the easy jets of the world that might have wanted to fly there. Uh, now you can see Wizz Air. I mean, they, they're going all the way down to Saudi Arabia. They, they seem to like this idea. They have all these really large A321 Neos to fill, and they like the idea of just keeping it in the air as long as possible. So they're kind of extending their uh, average stage length. They're at the average distance of the distance to their flights. So you can see them um, maybe flying from Western Europe to Istanbul or, you know, just a rather lo- a longish kind of stage length flight that might work for them. So, yeah, it's it's we should see a lot of ongoing activity in in Istanbul. Absolutely. Oh, and I should, we'll finish this off with, you know, the airport handled around 60 million passengers last year, the busiest in Europe, and the airport CEO says they aim to hit 100 million in about five years. So we will be watching that closely, see if they- 100 million, that's Atlanta. (laughs) That's that's, Atlanta, uh, you know, yeah, (laughs) I'm, I'm curious to see if they can do that. So we shall see. Anyway, Jay, that is another Airline Weekly Lounge. Always a pleasure. Listeners, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at er at skiff.com. You can reach jay at js at skiff.com. Like I said, Jay, a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure, Ned. Talk to everyone next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge podcast. Check out airlineweekly.com for a new issue every Monday and updates on the latest airline news throughout the week. <laughs>